0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again. It's my team selector for the game against Middlesbrough tomorrow night, Carabao Cup, semi-final, second leg. It's a huge, huge, huge game for Chelsea from Mauricio Pochettino. I don't think any of us in the summer were told that Probably our biggest game of the season come the second half would be against a mid-table championship team, but that's where we are and potentially only 90 or more minutes away from another trip to Wembley. It would be a landmark moment for Pochettino to reach a final as Chelsea's head coach. On top of that, for the new ownership, it would be the first final we've reached since the takeover in 2022. So it's a big night even though Chelsea are, I think, still considered favourites, especially given it's at home, given our quality, referencing that with Middlesbrough, and and the way this game, I think, is expected to play out, at least from a tactical point of view, that will we'll break down. But there's no getting around it. Again, we have to talk about injuries. There's no, you know, it's... <laughs> whether you have a, a Chelsea YouTube channel or not, whether you have a, a podcast, whether you have a newsletter, whatever it is, or you, you just, you're just a fan who speaks about Chelsea to your mates on a regular day injuries are a key part of the conversation now and it's an absolute scandal it really is I think it's getting to a bit of a disgrace now because far too many players getting injured this is something I spoke with Matisse about over our conversation that we had where it's too many examples to be abnormal to just be bad luck to just be you know, fate or whatever it is. It, it, there is something fundamentally flawed at Chelsea that means that players continue to break down. Now, I think there is a conversation to be had around Pochettino's responsibility in that, his coaching staff's responsibility in that. But then I would also factor in, and I think, again, if you're going to dismiss the evidence of last season, you know, if, if, you're, if your arguments this year is that Pochettino as a coach is pushing them too far, we were quite sort of concerned about the lack of fitness within the group last year so again i think it's a nuanced conversation but whoever is most to blame it needs to be resolved because as a club we cannot sustainably move forward if every couple of weeks key integral players are down they break down for key games and we can't have have them on top of that if you've bought players like christopher and Kunku. And Romeo Lavia, for large exp- expense, and you can barely play them throughout a season, that also is just, I mean, it's just a waste of money, right? And it—and it, it's something that, as I say, absolutely undermines any coaching project, any ambition we have. And I understand across football, injuries have become more prevalent because the problem is the the schedule has become more intense. But I'm not going to say that Chelsea... Are the victims here? I think there is a, a a substantial issue that we can all see. It's not just bad luck, and until that's fixed, I think Chelsea are going to be a flawed team fundamentally. So Maldonado is out for tomorrow. That's what Pochettino confirmed in his pre-match press conference. Apparently, he suffered an injury against Fulham. Apparently, the injury is not that serious. Uh, it, it's not something that could keep him out for long. But I would say, don't get too excited about that because we've heard that before about players. Christopher Nkunku, not available either. Not available. It's a shame. Pochettino said he's still recovering. He suffered a little bit in his hip. Now he's recovering. It's not a big issue. He's just delayed the possibility of being available again. Now, this is a very similar quote to what we heard post Preston. This was a very similar quote to what we heard post Middlesbrough. This is a very similar quote to what we heard post Fulham. And you know, I was waving, waving sort of the, the red flag after the Fulham game or whenever it was. I think it may have just been after Middlesbrough of kind of when, when coaches are not giving you kind of very specific details about an injury or very conc- concrete ones. It's it's kind of what I'd call the Kante problem where we're not quite sure when he's going to be back. It could be three weeks. It could be three months. And it just drags on and on and on and that is the concern we have for Christopher Nkunku at the moment now to be fair even though both of these players were not pictured in training and that's what kind of made people quite aware it's unlikely they're going to feature in this game especially more concerned for Gusto because really key player for us we have seen Nkunku in a training pick today actually I've just before recording this show I actually saw him in a training pick so at least in some form he's back in training so let's hope and pray. Listen, I want to be proven wrong. I want, I want him back against Aston Villa, but I only want him back if he can play and is sustainable to play for a large chunk of the rest of the season. If he's just going to break down after two weeks, then what are we doing? So let's get into this game. And the big question that's going to face Pochettino, the big question that's going to face his team is the question that has undermined Chelsea for quite a long time now and that is the low block question we all know how Middlesbrough are going to approach this game you only need to watch the second half of the first leg at the Riverside Stadium to understand what is going to be presented to Chelsea that is the question that is going to be I think posed to Chelsea that isn't to say that Middlesbrough as we know from that first leg can't offer any attacking threat I think out wide especially with Isaiah Jones who had a really good time against Chelsea has shown himself to be a real threat Think that could be slightly different, given who Chelsea decide to play at left back, but that is still a threat. I think it will be about transition opportunities, but they have something to to hold on to. And as a mid-table Championship club, I I assume a very rowdy away end. It's going to be as you as you suspect. This is a huge, huge game in recent Middlesbrough history. So for them, you're going to expect an elevated level performance. You're going to expect a very crowded box. It's going to be Chelsea having to break down a very deep defence. And you hope the quality will, will show up. But that has been a problem for Chelsea. And Chelsea, especially in that second half, there was such a large chunk of that game to go after we went 1-0 down to that Hackney goal in the, in the first half just before the break, that you should be concerned. Because Chelsea, even in, against Fulham, right, there were large chunks of that first half before we got the Sterling um, penalty that, of course, Palmer converted where Chelsea, again, looked a little bit out of ideas. So I listen, if you're cynical, if you're concerned about this kind of scenario, I think you should be because, listen, it's what we've seen, especially at Stamford Bridge. But the one thing I would say, were well, two things to be positive about. I think firstly, Stamford Bridge has actually become a slightly happier place. Just if we look at results, I mean, whether your experience has got any better, I don't really know. I can't speak for everyone. But from a results and performances point of view, Chelsea undeniably have got better at Stamford Bridge over the past month. And that's, of course, really good. We've, you know, beaten the likes of Brighton. We've got wins against Crystal Palace, uh, Sheffield United. Of course, we did beat Fulham recently. We've beaten Preston. So it's become, even though you wouldn't say any of those wins are like incredible, astonishing wins. And of course, we did beat Newcastle in the last round of the Carabao Cup on pennants making Stanford Bridge a happier place is of course a very important thing for Chelsea to be doing this season and you just hope that maybe the players will feel a little bit more comfortable in that stage to to play some of their better football because actually it feels like our performances and our results have flipped a little bit over the past month where Chelsea at the start of the season were doing better away from home they're now doing better at home so hopefully that repeats tomorrow night and I also do think if the same game plays out again I think Chelsea win what I mean by that is if you're just focusing on the second half of the first leg, then yeah, sure. But if you if the first leg in that first half, as we know, kind of a, a crushing part of that game was Cole Palmer, basically the player of Chelsea season so far, missing some absolutely guilt-edged chances that he has to be burying. Now, I do think the law of averages here, and I do think equality... quality player like Cole Palmer if he's presented with those opportunities again I think we'll take at least one of them and I I felt similar about the Borussia Dortmund two-legged game last year where Chelsea actually played quite well away from home and I thought that at Stamford Bridge if the same game plays out or a similar one plays out where Chelsea are pretty dominant they create the better opportunities Dortmund don't offer a lot going the other way I think nine times out of ten as was proven in that second leg Chelsea got over the line Now, I know I've just made that sound very simple, but I do think if Middlesbrough caused themselves some own problems and Chelsea are able to quickly get themselves ahead, I think in the first 20 minutes, first 20, 30 minutes, I think the, the stadium, I think, will be up. I think also the psychology of the game completely alters, as we know, because then suddenly Middlesbrough sure can maybe hang on for penalties, and try and get themselves ahead again, but it completely changes the complexion. And maybe Carrick is, is looking at this game and is thinking to himself, well, we're probably not going to, it's unrealistic to sit back for 90 plus minutes. We're going to have to attack at some point. We're going to have to try and get something on the break. You're going to have to relieve pressure. It cannot be unrelenting pressure, even though Chelsea made it look quite easy in the second half against Minnesota. You're at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea, as I say, know that. They are close to Wembley. If they if they beat Middlesbrough, they're, they're going to Wembley. It's a final. So I think all of those things, and 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 with the fact that maybe from a tactical point of view, the width of Middlesbrough's game won't be as strong because I think they're going to play quite compact. It it, it you know it makes these two-legged games a lot more interesting than your average league game because it's how do you approach it? Do you want to be too negative to a fact where you suddenly have no outlet going forward, and then suddenly if Chelsea go one up? Are you suddenly putting yourselves in a position? where you have no outlet and in the game turn. So that's that's why I'm saying that, you know, from a Chelsea point of view, starting intense, putting, attacking, putting an attacking team out, not playing players to try and counter the opposition, but actually try and ask questions in an offensive manner is key for Pochettino tomorrow night. He has to be starting with a progressive team as much as he can, even with injured players. So this is my starting 11. Petrovic in goal. I'm probably going to do a show about Petrovic-Sanchez, but Petrovic should be the number one. And uh, hopefully he can have another big night. He did against Fulham, I think very much contributed to that win. Thiago Silva, oh, sorry, missed out right back. Axel Dezasi at right back. I don't really know who else plays here. Reese James isn't fit, and Malagosto ain't fit. So it has to be Axel De Zassi. um From an offensive point of view, that's a bit of a concern. Because again, you you want an overlap. You you'd love to be in a situation where you could have two bombing fullbacks, two natural fullbacks. It's going to ask Dzasi at times to get forward, and I want him to give. He's got to give some support to the right winger, whoever it is. You know, especially as I say, where he, that right winger is going to be overloaded, especially. So we've got to find ways to get. Um, overlaps to get you know un- underlaps inverted runs whatever it is to try and create those opportunities and, and as I say ask a question to Middlesbrough it's obviously not nice you know disaster is not a natural fullback but that's what it is Thiago Silva as centre-back I think you know since the festive period and I think since the festive period and the turn of the year we really have seen Silva show that he's still got a lot in the tank and that's obviously brilliant to see now, Levi and Badia Schill, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Levi at left centre-back. I'd love to see him in his more natural role. Whoever it is, I think from a, a passing point of view, it's very important. But then also, you've got Ben Sherwell back now. If you do not see Ben Sherwell as a left-back in that starting eleven tomorrow, or even he's playing as a left midfielder and we have Levi at left-back again, I mean, I think that Pochettino he's digging his own grave he really is now that means Chelsea may still win the game and we may have enough quality against as I say a mid-table championship team but I just don't understand it I think you're just creating a rod for your own back I think you're causing more problems from an offensive point of view you're probably limiting your options Ben Sherwell from a left-back position when he makes those out to in runs um, is is dangerous he's threatening it's very difficult to stop those runs and it's the potential space it opens up for other players that makes that those runs so so effective many times you know we know Chilwell in front of goal can be effective but i think it's the space he would open up and the combos he would play down that flank and hopefully if you've got a left footer like Badiashore assured or, or uh, levi at center back they can also use their ability on the ball to try and carve opportunities out down that flank so for me Chilwell simply has to be as the left back, Enzo and Casado, of course, playing the midfield too. This is what we expect. I thought they had a really good game against Fulham, and I think Casado's it's really going to be about trying to stifle Middlesbrough counterattacks, as he did in the first leg, and then for Enzo, really trying to be as influential and as creative as he was against Fulham, even though he didn't get, you know, a key assist. You know, hopefully he can p- potentially provide that against Middlesbrough. I think the most difficulty for me is is this attack because we know Breuer is being linked away. But Breuer, as a centre-forward against, as I say, quite a, a physical team like Middlesbrough, does make sense as kind of a battering ram or someone you could knock the ball to as a, as a focal point and then play around. I think if, if you're going to try and, you know, mix it up, cross balls into the box as much as you can, uh, rather than just, you know, trying to play around Middlesbrough if it's really congested. But then also Breuer, I don't think, had a very good game against Fulham and, and there are players I want to play in this game you know like Noni Manawake like of course Cole Palmer like Conor Gallagher and then it, you really do get into a point where are you switching to a four triple two are you moving Gallagher to kind of one of those behind the striker roles it, it's difficult I'm gonna go with uh, Cole Palmer as the center forward Noni Manawake out wide I think his form Means that he should be playing this game. I think he's very direct, very offensive. Again, a player that I want to see given an opportunity in this in this stage to make a difference. Conor Gallagher, kind of playing that number ten role. I think if you're going to start Mudrik, if you're going to play mudrick sorry, you have to start him. I think that that's obvious. You know, he's such a raw player. I don't think he has an impact off the bench. I still think that he's going to go over Raheem Sterling because Raheem Sterling. He's a very experienced player. I don't think his performances at all justify him starting. I, I, I'm i more going with Mudrik for this game. I say I want to see what that left looks like with an actual left back, with a left-sided centre-back, and Mudrik himself and the space it could open up. That That's my opinion. I mean, you do have Connie Chukameka, who, of course, played quite an integral role to Chelsea's build-up in pre-season. Do I think he starts this game over, say, Conor Gallagher? I'm not sure. I think he comes off the bench. But that's that's the big thing. So I'm going to go with Mikhailo Mudrik. Uh, which I know some people will like, maybe you don't like, maybe you think Sterling should be starting because, of course, he won the penalty that got us the winning goal against Middlesbrough. So. Sports Social Podcast Network.